Hello, everyone. Welcome to the IHS Market Agribusiness Podcast. My name is Hui Min, the editor of the Sulfuric Acid Weekly, reporting out of Singapore. My name is Yuya, the editor of a Surf Outlook based in London, and I'm currently responsible for long-term analyze and forecast for both sulfur and sulfuric acid. In this episode, we look at the factors that has been driving the sulfuric acid market, which has seen prices rebounding at hitting pre-COVID levels. So Hui Ming, can you tell us what's going on? Thanks, Yuya. Yes, it's been one year since the sulfuric acid market plunged to a multi-year low to close to minus 50 US dollars FOB Japan and South Korea in last April. But the prices didn't go down further and the low level was not sustained for too long. As the prices tanked, this has in turn incentivized buyers to return to the market. And this is in part also due to additional demand from certain sectors, but also the price arbitrage between sulfur and sulfuric acid. And one year on, we are now seeing sulfuric acid prices hitting pre-COVID levels and even surpassing them, with Japan-Korea FOB price now over $70 and Europe FOB price at around 100 And as the COVID effect on the market has waned and production has mostly resumed, we are now seeing demand emerging from new buyers as well as the returning ones coming altogether from India, Southeast Asia and Latin America. And this this demand is not just coming from the fertilizer sector. The booming metals industry has also led to more demand for sulfuric acid for leaching purpose. So how about the supply situation? We have been hearing that there has been really tight supply in the market. It's like a huge turn of events swinging from supply surplus to supply tightness all within a year, which is led by a combination of factors. First of all, in Asia, there has been maintenance in Q1 in Japan and South Korea. And even as the turnarounds have been completed, the producers there are still mainly focusing on the contracted volumes, leaving little room for spot trades. And in China, last year there was a surplus with high inventory at the smelters. But the reverse has happened starting Q4 last year. Strong domestic demand from fertilizer and also the titanium dioxide sectors have absorbed most of the volumes and pushed up the domestic asset prices. Now that the export prices have surpassed the domestic ones, some Chinese producers have returned to the export market. But the Chinese spot asset prices have also reached as high as $90 FOB. And right now in Q2, many of the Chinese smelters have plans for maintenance, so it is also not likely to see spot supply drastically easing. So that's in Asia. Similarly, in Europe, it's been a persistently tight supply situation too, which is also led by strong domestic demand and also acute shortage of sulfur, reducing operating rates at the sulfur burners. As you can see, sulfur supply has been disrupted due to a massive reduction in oil production during COVID-19 as well as extended maintenance at the European refineries. The switch to sweet crude oil has also further tightened liquid sulfur supply. So this has led to a significant decrease in sulfuric acid recovered from sulfur burners. Well, that's not all. The sulfuric acid production is closely related to the developments in the copper market. So global supply in copper concentrate has been limited, which has in turn led to a decline in copper smelting activities globally. So sounds like it's seller's market now? 
it's pretty much one. So even when we are seeing some bias resistance, there are not too much, not too many alternatives out there if the buyers have immediate requirements. We are also seeing buyers getting forward cargoes, like they are already looking at procuring for second half of the year in anticipation of continued tight supply in the near term. Another interesting point to highlight is that while the usual asset suppliers have been in shortage, this has also created opportunities for some non-traditional suppliers to come into the picture to fill the gap in the spot market. So the sulfuric asset prices have been rising rapidly. Now the next question is whether this price is sustainable. Right now there has been a pullback in the phosphate prices, but copper demand is still going strong as the global economy recovers. So these elements are at play to balance out the market. So in short, the view is that unless there is another black swan event like the pandemic, it's rather difficult to see any reason for prices to plunge to the COVID level. But even as prices are still going up, the pace of increase has slowed as the market turns cautious. So yeah, there has been so much uncertainties and huge volatilities in the short term. What is your view from a long-term perspective? Thanks, Kuiming. Indeed, there are several pushing and pulling factors which could drive asset prices in different directions in the second half of this year and in the next couple of years. But I strongly agree with you that suffering asset prices are very unlikely to plunge to the level seen in early 2020 when Eastern Asia FOB dived to the negative territory. As you just mentioned, suffering asset supply shortage have been partly due to tightened surface supply, particularly in Europe. There are several uncertainties in surface market. Surface supply recovery will be contingent on how fast refining activity will recover post-pandemic. Although the vaccination has been widely implemented in major economies, the recent resurgence in infection rates in India and the emergence of a new variants has raised concerns that oil demand may remain sluggish for extended period. Moreover, availability of sour supply will be uncertain in the second half of this year, which will also impact surface supply. In asset market, the major uncertainty surrounds China, who has rapidly turned from a major lead importer to one of the largest exporters over the last few years. On one hand, Major smelters in China are expected to increase asset production further with their aggressive expansion plans. On the other hand, China's production level of a smelt asset will depend on its import level of copper concentrate. The unofficial ban on imports from Australia and the tightened supply of copper concentrate in the global market will cause some uncertainties. As you just mentioned, the great growth potential in Southeast Asia. At least two nickel-enriching projects are scheduled for commissioning in Indonesia in 2021. Those two projects are expected to increase Indonesia's imports of suffering asset. However, there's also some likelihood that suffering asset plants will be added as element sulfur is comparably easy to ship and store. India could be a swing consumer as India fertilizer producers by interest are driving by the disparity between sulfur and sulfuric acid in the trade market. 
India's import level of a separate asset will also be impacted by the nutrient-based subsidies and the currency depreciation. So how about the Atlantic markets? In North America, one of the major uncertainties is domestic availability of a smelt asset in the United States. Domestic smelt asset supply reduced significantly in 2020 due to disruptions at several U.S. copper smelters. The U.S. consumers largely increased citric asset imports from Canada, Europe, and Japan. Most of those smelters are expected to resume operations this year, which could decrease U.S. citric asset import requirements for 2021. In Central and South America, the scheduled copper lithium projects in Peru will reduce the country's export availability and force Chilean consumers to source separate assets from Eastern Asia market. Thanks for the analysis. I have heard that we are planning to publish a sulfuric acid outlook report. Yes, I'm quite excited at this moment. We have already covered lots of asset information and data in our quarterly software outlook. We have been following separate asset markets very closely on a daily basis for many years. It's a good time for us to publish an individual outlook on asset now. The new report aims to provide more detailed analysis covering asset produced from sulfur burners, smelt asset, pirate asset, along with a regeneration asset. Demand analysis will cover 15 to 16 end-use sectors across fertilizer, metallurgy, steel pickling, acylation, and various chemical applications. The new report will include one chapter for cost and one for price forecast through to 2035. We aim to publish in early Q4 and hope it will provide a good reference for all the market participants in this market. If you're interested in it, please feel free to contact me. Great insights, Yuya. And that comes to the end of our podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye.